Hello, I'm Jeff Ranke, Editorial Director of Manufacturing.net and Manufacturing Business Technology. Welcome to Security Breach. If there's one thing that has become very apparent in dealing with cybersecurity issues throughout the industrial sector, it's that responding to these challenges means taking a look at things from a different perspective. Well, that's what we have today. I recently sat down with Johnny Young, a 35-year veteran of industrial IT and cybersecurity. He's recently embraced his role as Johnny Upgrade and launched CyberD.TV, a streaming subscription service devoted to providing comprehensive cybersecurity training. Last time, Johnny talked about individual steps that can be taken to help defend against cyber terrorists. Here, he discusses things from a broader, enterprise-wide perspective. Service level agreement is can be between companies or it can be between departments. For one example, for a provider of networks, right? Say uh, I have Verizon and they guarantee I'm going to have 99.999% uptime, but it fails to happen. Well, they pay penalties, right? Same thing in between departments. Say the uh, server team manages all these different department servers for the software developers so they don't have to spend their time managing the servers if they don't make their service level agreement then they're going to pay penalties and the biggest service level agreement i think people can relate to is domino's pizza i don't know if you remember that what was their agreement 30 minutes or 30 less minutes they're going to yeah. get you a hot pizza Otherwise, the pizza is free, right? Well, that's a service level agreement between Domino's and their customers. So if anyone has trouble with service level agreements, just remember Domino's pizza. It's basically <laughs> a promise and a penalty if you don't get there. But these service level agreement penalties can run into the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. My advice is get a service level agreement. And if you're going to get a service level agreement, don't get a 3-9 service level agreement, get a 5-9 service level agreement. And the difference between a 3-9s, which is a 99.9% .9 say uptime, compared to a 99%, a 99.999% uptime is something like, uh, you know, I think it was eight hours a year compared to 12 minutes a year. Because there's a lot of stakeholders within the industrial enterprise who understand that investments need to be made in cybersecurity, but it can be tough, as you probably have had experience with, in getting those funds sort of available to them when you go up the food chain. What advice could you give to some of our readers, or excuse me, our, our viewers, as they encounter that type of situation? Scarlett's got some thoughts. It's getting easier. <laughs> it's getting a lot easier because when I, was trying to get budgets, it was considered overhead because not much was happening. Why would a company, smaller companies, spend a million dollars on security when there's hardly anything happening, right? Well, as time went on, obviously, cybersecurity became more mainstream. And uh, just the last year alone, 250 American hospitals spent over a hundred million dollars in ransoms Jeez. to one single hacker group in Europe. I, uh, I don't want to mangle their name. I think it's Ryuk, R-I-U-K, I believe, okay. but they, uh, got a hundred million dollars, one single group. 
out of 250 hospitals. So that that shows you how deep it can go. You know, the ransomware thing is is just out of control right now. And, uh, you know, and that's where we go to the employee training again, because yeah. that's the phishing exploits. That's the malware. That's uh, spear phishing where they target certain people. It's not hard to find out who's, you know, the head of HR or who's the head of medical records for a hospital. Right. And uh, once they have those locked down, you know, I was reading uh, about uh, hospitals that had to turn away ambulances with sick or wounded patients because, you know, the power was out or the, they had, you know, no, no uh, way to diagnose anything. Their equipment was down, you know, so these hackers are heartless bastards, basically, and they're killing yeah. people or seriously wounding them. And, uh, you know, that really uh, is one of the main reasons why I'm trying to get the awareness level up a lot higher. And, Absolutely. you know, ransomware <laughs> is, is bad. Malicious software uh, can expose things like employee personnel records. You've never seen departmental fights like when everybody's salary is actually accidentally yeah. printed out to the break room. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm Which sure. I saw happen. Ransomware. Got to get your take on this one. Do you pay? Do you not pay? Yes. What's your opinion? Initially, you pay. I mean, you got to... I mean, what else are you going to do? Close down your business? If you're a hospital and you can't take in any patients... You're losing, uh, you know, some of them a million dollars a day, more. You got to pay, and they'll go and they—they're able to do what they did again. That's the problem. Is, you know, when you pay, they may want to come back to you and get more, but when you pay and you get it, you know, unlocked all those records and you're able to work again, you know, you can secure things and you can work in the background. And also law enforcement can look for these people because that's also good news is that yeah. as hackers, you know, sort of have evolved, law enforcement has evolved and they're able to track it down, to track them down. In fact, hacking groups are giving back money to get the heat off them. And okay. that's why I advocate a lot of hackers to just, you know, I have a serious, you know, um, I'm going to put out there why hackers need to stop hacking. <laughs> you know, it's a career that doesn't have a, a long lifespan. You know, you right. can either get caught or you can be a part of a hacker group where they decide you're not contributing enough, you know, and uh, you get a million dollar score, but instead of splitting it five ways, they'll just split it four ways. And how do they split it four ways? Well, how, what do criminals do? They kill each other, right? So, um, you know, it's not a good field I would advocate getting into. And in fact, if you look at the uh, appreciation over the and the depreciation over what they make, you know, the average salary, say someone in cybersecurity entry level is $100,000 a year or something like that. I don't know exactly. But if you look on Glassdoor, you can see all these different jobs. <clears throat> over the course of like seven years, they're going to make more than any hacker made you know, making a million dollar score. Plus they have no law enforcement after them. They have benefits, medical, dental, education. Their family doesn't have to worry. You know, they can actually have a family. Yeah. 
you know, what fa- it's like a Coke dealer, you know, what family's proud that they're, they're, <laughs> they're, yeah. you know, patriarch is a Coke dealer and they're, you know, outside the law. Right. When right. they'd be more proud of someone that's actually bringing home money and, you know, has a solid career and is well respected, you know. You may not Absolutely. have that banana yellow Ferrari tooling around the neighborhood, but maybe you will. I know Absolutely. people that are making, you know, a quarter million dollars a year easily. Yeah. And a lot of it isn't really doing what I was doing in the trenches, you know, with building the servers and running the teams and patching them and all the security that goes around that and the defending them, the compliance and the auditing. One of my friends had actually said, why are you telling all your secrets to the world? Because then hackers will be able to, you know, know what to do. I said, no, quite the opposite. I mean, these are fundamentals that need to be done. And once hackers realize the effort that we're putting into it, you know, there, there's really not much wiggle room for them to be able to do things. You know, they're going to go, here's my, here's my, Deal, Jeff, with the ransomware and all that. Hackers at that level and scammers are one-trick ponies, right? They'll do one thing and they'll keep doing it over and over and over again. You know, they don't really have the training. There's no hacker university that they go to. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're going against people that have years of experience that have the wide spectrum of knowledge in every field, you know, that you can imagine some are so specialized in in a niche of course that they're absolute masters at it but a hacker you know you could you could buy a program off the dark web that will uh look for exposures on a network and then you could buy another one that'll uh you know breach a server that is exposed you don't even have to have programming experience you know that's why during the pandemic Um, The FBI reported uh, a doubling of the amount of um, scams and and, uh, hacks that had happened that that they were involved with because people had time on their hands. Mm -hmm. And I say that desperation is the mother of invention. You know, a lot of people (laughs) say, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And I say desperation is the mother of necessity. (laughs) You know, and when someone's desperate, they're going to figure out a way to get money. And that's why, you know, Scotland Yard and um, Interpol, all of that have reported the same thing, that hacking has gone through the roof. And it's not people with real programming experience. They just can buy these automated programs that good programmers will sell. All I do is modify it slightly. And then they have these bots that go out and you know, look for exposed websites. A mind-blowing fact is right now, as we sit here in the next 24 hours, over 30,000 websites will be hacked. And that sounds preposterous, right? Impossible. How can that be true? Well, when you look at the fact that 1.9 billion websites are registered in our world, 30,000 a day is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why there's such a need for cybersecurity defense. And with ransomware, they have so many targets um, that they can go for. I can tell you one scam that they used to try to pull on me when, when uh, in the early days was um, 
I get a call. I call this like the angry executive. <laughs> okay. The angry executive will call and say that, uh, you know, they're at a customer site and they're doing a demo and it's our biggest customer. And unless they get access, then, you know, they're having a problem. They can't get access. You know, we need, they need to get more access or something. And, uh, you know, when it's a new person at the help desk and they have an executive vice president calling them up and screaming at them over the phone, wow. you know, they may fall for it. Whereas, you know, they go completely outside the process that the company has of, you know, the person would 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 open a ticket. You know, I, I'd tell them, hey, I'll send the guy over there right now. What company are you at? You know, I'll send a tech out mm -hmm. there. Because they're yelling $5 million, $10 million. I'll, I'll have your job when you get back. You know, and the yeah. next thing you know, uh, you know, it's, of course, it's some social engineer. They'll just try someone else. And I'll put out an email to everybody in the company saying, hey, watch out for these guys. And, you know, yeah. But they'll absolutely. tag people in PC support or, or the help desk if they're not outsourced overseas but they'll just try to get people that are new and scared, you know, that they're going to lose their jobs. So there's, there's tons of different scams that they can pull. And I've you know, another unfortunate incident that we're dealing with, you mentioned it just before was the log4j vulnerability that's come up recently. Can you talk us through that a little bit? First of all, can you give us a little bit of a definition in terms of what it is and maybe how the industrial sector should be responding to it? A lot of companies will take a shortcut basically rather than develop a certain module again and again through their software platforms, okay, they'll use one that is open source. Say that it'll do certain functions like logging or, you know, tell the time that is tried and true that they mm -hmm. know is going to work. Now, a software company I worked for for years, the owner was a private company. He refused to allow that. And in hindsight, that turned out to be a great thing because now they're right. seeing hundreds of millions of <laughs> devices are possibly vulnerable because of this uh, Log4j thing. But basically, Log4j is, is uh, open source by a nonprofit that has 19 other of their offerings have been affected. It's Apache. Um, Oh, foundation okay. and people think back to one of the biggest hacks of all time was equifax and that yep. was apache struts and they did the same thing apache struts is affected on this too so basically what you call this kind of software um is is middleware basically it's the glue that holds the application and maybe uh the device or the operating system together so that the application um, software development company doesn't have to go through it and do all of these different things. They can use that. Well, that's great. You save software development time. The downside is now you've got an exploit in there that you've got a patch. And I've got to say, from my experience, when I was working at IBM, I had to patch. Apache was coming up all the time, you know, and I was reading an article about it. There's only five people working volunteer to fix this problem wow. for Apache because 
it's a nonprofit. It's open source. Right. And uh, they have day jobs too. So they're saying right. they're getting only a couple hours of sleep while they're doing, I mean, literally should, should something be out there that can affect hundreds of millions of devices and, and thousands or a million companies? I don't think so. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd stay away, but you can't, you know, I, I, once it's out there, it's out there. Absolutely. And there's some major, major applications on the enterprise that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for the application itself that are using these components that are embedded in their own software to do some of these functions. And, uh, you know, it's a shame, really. And I've had to patch these open source uh, products so many times, but, you know, they're yeah. free and they're good until there is a problem, you know. <laughs> Thanks again to Johnny Upgrade and his sidekick, Scarlett. For more information on CyberD.TV and to take advantage of a special promotion code for Security Breach viewers, check out the links below. I'm Jeff Ranke, and this is Security Breach.